So how, on God's gray earth, did this? She gets too hungry for dinner at eight. She loves the theater. And this? Don't know why there's no sun up in the sky. Stormy weather. Since my gallant And even this I snore in my sleep I'm always late for dinner And my tablecloth doodling is notorious Ah, but lovely one, keep this romance glorious And love me as I am I Become this Next stop, Pluto, where the devil <laughs> Pluto is a rotten place And evil Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album that sticks out like a sore thumb in an artist's discography. Could be their best album, it could be their worst album. But either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Uh, This week on the panel we have... Matthew Marr. Logan Renard. And this is Scott Livingston. We have from the band Vampire Squids from Hell, as well as episode number seven about the Grateful Dead's Shakedown Street. Once again, Molly Reynard is joining us. Uh, say hi. Hi. This is, yeah, hi. Hi. This week we are going to be discussing an album by um, Frank Sinatra. So um, I guess we don't really need to discuss who Frank Sinatra is or what he sounds like. He's fairly ubiquitous, even if he's not as well-known as he was, say, a hundred years ago. <laughs> Roughly a hundred. I, I think it's important to note that we are all chain-smoking cigarettes and uh, swilling vodka martinis and wearing fantastic polyester suits. I have a tux on. There you that's, go. Yeah, that's good. Fedoras all around. Well, yeah. this is episode 21, so we're now legally able to drink. It, it is It is after uh, uh, noon. So. It's after dark. All you really need to do is uh, watch the Hollywood film Robin and the Seven Hoods. There you go. <laughs> All you need to know about Frank Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> the original Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> no, I don't know. Matt, you want to uh, talk as uh, one of the Kennedys for this? And I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be Jimmy Hoffa. And, uh, I, uh, and we're, I mean, this did come out in 1980, but... Oh, ring-a-ding-ding, baby. We're, we're world-building. Man, I should have researched accents for yeah. this. Right, well, we probably should say a bit about Frank. He was a, he was a big-time... Oh, yeah. Club act in the 50s. Yes. And then he, he parlayed that into a recording career and then a um, uh, movie 
Yeah, he appeared Movie in star. several yeah. films. So reading his Wikipedia, re- weirdly, um, I think he was a bigger deal before the 50s. Yeah, I mean, like 30s and 40s. Yeah, even. and really? he was like 30s? a young, hot... Well, maybe not 30s, but 40s, hot, hot, like, young singer and guy. This is in New Jersey, in New York? Yeah, and then, so he had a career slump that was um, around the 50s. And that was when he started just doing Vegas, because, you know, he could do Vegas, and that was the only well, gig at, he could at find. at the behest of, of powerful mobsters, who he was yes. friends he, with from the East Coast, to kind of set and up shop in Vegas. That was what spawned um, the Rat Pack, which yes. was his uh, club act. What was um, I hope Joey Lawrence and, and yeah, and all those other famous Sammy uh, Davis, right. Dean Martin, but mostly Joey yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. He was the guy Whoa. we all think of <laughs> from Blossom, right? Yeah. Joey Lawrence. <laughs> okay, we're off the rails. Getting back, uh, this album is called Trilogy, and in the whole album is a three-disc set or three v- pieces of vinyl. As a three-piece set, it maybe isn't completely an outlier. It, it's an interesting concept for an album. Disc one is called The Past, and it features songs from Frank's past or, you know, just songs he liked from his childhood or whatnot. And it sounds exactly what you'd expect Frank in 1980 this is 1980, mm-hmm. so he's an old man at this point. 65. Yes, so this is what you would expect. Older. Yeah, older. You expect Frank to be singing, you know. The uh, second disc is called Present, and it's um, his attempt to grapple with, shall we say, rock and roll. I mean, his definition of rock and roll is pretty broad. It, I mean, he's got an Elvis song on here. He's got yeah. that thing that destroyed his career. He's got Billy Joel on there. He's got Neil Diamond. And he does have his first ever recording of New York, New York, which exactly. he considers rock and roll, And I that's guess. what kind of is the thing that came from this that made it really good. Yeah. New York, New York was made famous by uh, uh, um, Liza, Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Yeah, from that Liza Minnelli and Robert De Niro musical directed by Martin Scorsese, which, you know, if we were doing a cinematic version of this <laughs> show would probably be an episode. <laughs> She was kind of a rat packer, wasn't she? Well, yeah. she was, yeah. She's Judy, honorary. yeah. No she could drink were. all those losers under the table. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But yeah, that was Frank's first recording of that song, and it was like his last big hit was, mm-hmm. you know, start spreading the news. And so that's you know, a little odd for Frank, but not a complete outlier. He was always chasing popular trends, even if he didn't always enjoy said popular trends. Well, he he never really wrote any of his own material. He no. relied on either the the popular songbook of the day or or writers who were sympathetic to his aesthetic and well and, and that vibe was, and stuff. And that was kind of the the mo for anyone who was a a popular you know singer. Yeah, star. nobody wrote their own stuff. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of comics of like the early nineteen hundreds. You know, yeah. where it was like, yeah, it's it's a joke. I tell it this way, you tell it that way. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. Well, yeah. The the artist was not the musician. The producer was not the arranger. The songwriter was not the singer. It, it was all very regimented and segmented, which, you know, had advantages and disadvantages, but that was the, the machine, you yeah. know, the whole time that Sinatra grew up, and he had no interest in, you know, yeah. writing his own material. But, you know, someone did write material for disc number three, which was the future. Mm-hmm. Um, a, um, what would you say, a six-part song suite, song cycle? Yeah, how many parts? Like four? 
That first uh, that yeah. first song is like in like four different parts. I mean, it's clearly written and tailored to Frank, but he didn't write it. Um, I mean, I was amazed at really how much of Frank is shown through. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. I mean, I went into this, you know, knowing Frank quite well, but I was completely cold on the future. Yes. Um, I went to it uh, cold, and we just listened to it like two hours ago. Um, and yeah, that's one thing I was really, really uh, not expecting was how much, I mean, the image I had in my head the entire time was um, Frank in a tuxedo with a martini on a spaceship um, just kind of watching the planets go by. Now, this is like his final testimony and, and artist statement, which, you know, someone else wrote for him. Mm-hmm. But it clearly was written for him, and Tony Bennett is not going to try and pull this off. Right. Because he, I mean, he talks about himself in the, you know, third person a couple of times. It clearly meant a lot to him. It's 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 funny. I didn't expect that either. I, I thought this would be just something that was like shoehorned onto him or something. But no, it clearly was important to him as a concept. A, a lot of his staple, you know, uh, famous Frank songs are really kind of, you know, even though they were written by other people and uh, maybe, you know, around for a long time as part of the popular songbook, they really do contribute to his uh, mythology and aesthetic and things like that. He's usually pretty carefully matched with the material to fit his her you know his persona. And this the future you know record of this this uh, triple album is really interesting because these are really personal, like yes. more than anything else in his career. I think in a in a weird like these are written for him about him specifically. Yeah. And, it's, and not just him in general, but him at the end of his life, summing up his yeah. career. Oh yeah, right. Francis. I'm a Fran- like yeah. he refers to himself. Everyone refers to him as Francis. Francis. Oh gosh, Albert. The, Albert Sinatra, Sinatra. As if we've never heard of. So um, how, how old was he in 1980? 65. That's right. You said yeah, that. 65. Yeah. Retirement age, and, and he would and die 18 years after that. Yeah, yeah. but this was about so. the last album he did. He did a couple of duets. There's like albums it's funny after. with Frank though, because like what all of us would consider albums are like okay you blood sweat and tears into it and then you you turn it out but with frank you know he he could play the the um what was it uh yeah the madison square garden he could play that and then someone you know it would get into a recording and then that would be his next album that type of thing so there were a couple of those after especially i mean there were a couple that actually had material from this that was released later um so no he had like i think what i saw like five or six but it was mostly that this was the last um stuff that his it was new it was his studio it was a statement yeah and it's sort of his last will and testament mm-hmm. like this is how i want to be remembered and right he went into it with that intention for yes. sure but being frank after after the fact he you know he couldn't retire no, you know? so no. He, he, he never he tried did. to retire a couple of times exactly before this he was like no i'm took. done 1970 i'm done yeah. does this i mean bear any resemblance to other you know the the Warren Zevon record or Bowie's Dark Star any of this kind of swan songy well he didn't think he was dying at the time right but but it is sort of of that ilk, that sort of summing up of an entire life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only, you know, Warren Zevon and uh, David Bowie wrote that. Yeah. Someone else, and I, I, the thing is, I don't think he commissioned this piece. I think um, Gordon Jenkins, the yeah. um, arranger and writer, actually first pitched this idea to Frank in like it 1950 was... or something ludicrous. The, yeah. the Grateful it, Dead didn't write any of their shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it been trying to get Frank to do this, I mean, it's not 
What I saw it was the producer Sonny Burke, who he'd worked mm. with since like '65, yeah. so about like you know 25 years. Um, and uh, so when what I read from there was this article about just how how did this get made basically, yes. um, which was uh, Sonny came up to Frank when he was you know in rehearsal for something else that never actually got pulled off, pulled Frank out of that uh, rehearsal, pitched this to him. Frank came back in, told all his people, "Hey, we're not doing anything else until we we'll do till, until we do this." Until I'm in the future. Yeah. Until we do past, present, future. It, it's very nuts to think that this is 1980 because yeah. the, the whole we're splitting the atom and going to the moon yeah. uh, vibe is great with like, I don't know, <laughs> early to mid 1960s or something <laughs> yes. like that. It's like rayon, the material of the future. You yeah. know, that kind of. That's why I feel like this like, piece has been worked on for a long time yeah, and yeah, not really not updated. Not totally clear on that. Yeah. The time but, frame. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird uh, time and place for the. <laughs> this yes, thing. They, uh, there are lots of talks in you know that are deliberately vague, so he wasn't going to like say and flying cars and a you know black president by the year nineteen ninety two or whatever because he would look silly, but uh, especially about the black president. Well, yeah, we need a couple more years on that. Yeah. But this is before or after. Uh, the uh, presidential election, do you suppose? If you recorded in '79, so it was, you yeah, know, yeah, so. it was coming down the pike. I think yeah. it actually so, came out in March. Yeah, so of Reagan's 80. not sworn in until '81. So. Yeah, yeah, but you know, this is like the last thing that John Lennon got to hear from Frank Sinatra. Or oh, I, I was just saying, you know, an actor in the White House. Who would thought? Yeah, yeah. that uh, that is true. I mean, so and and I mean, it is kind of unfair to pick on. A whole album for just one of its three discs. It's like, you know, crapping on All Things Must Pass for just the Apple Jam record. But this is it's nuts. Unique. Yeah, and he I mean, and he clearly was sincere about exactly, it. Exactly. It, it wasn't cr- like, like him. I mean, prior to this, he just released a disco version of Night and Day on a single because, mm-hmm. you know, that was what was selling. But he was not into it. This he was into. and. Yeah. And rumor has it that when some DJ criticized it later, he had him fired. He, yeah, he got him suspended. He tried to get him fired. but yeah. um, And it was really, you know, Frank could, from what I read, let the criticism of this piece, you know, the rest of the trilogy went over like gangbusters, man. It was just this piece that some people, well, you know, everyone was freaked out by because people are idiots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he mostly could let the criticism roll off him. It was really Gordon Jenkins who was like, just in despair over, like, you know, because it was his, you know, just, oh, he yeah. poured his guts into this. Uh, Leroy Jenkins, great-grandfather. Something like that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Logan, for the totally factual commentary. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess we can, I guess the first thing is, what kind of music is this? This isn't, like, big band or swing by any stretch. Yeah, yeah. It's not... Classical. I mean, it's almost like light opera or opera. No, I think of it as opera because there's a lot of um, sections that are just like um, the kind of uh, it's music to illustrate action, you know. Yeah. And that's a really big staple of opera, and it's not that fun to listen to. That's like, true. There's I, no I love hooks opera. I'm, I'm an chorus. opera person, yeah. but and I love opera, and I don't listen to opera like you know like from back to front like i can yeah. watch it you know because yeah. it's illustrating action but like no I, I never and frank was not known for singing a lot of opera <laughs> well that's the fun thing about this yeah. is you just get in fact focus. technically the title of this is the future colon 
Reflections on the Future in Three Tenses, further enumerated as a musical fantasy in three tenses for Frank Sinatra, Philharmonic Symphonic Orchestra, and Mixed Chorus. And that's important to note because there is a mixed chorus who, Mm -hmm. essentially the Greek chorus or the narrator or any other character besides Frank in this um, bizarre fantasy Musical fantasy, yeah. Technically, uh, remember when we were doing the uh, uh, songs from or for? I can't remember the elder one. And music I, from the elder. Music yes. from the elder. And I, uh, uh, I am just a I boy. Think I brought up the the ill fated. Uh, what is it? The Via Galactica uh, <laughs> space uh, opera uh, musical Broadway musical uh, that never really came out. I think it 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 flopped before previews were over. I think that's from the eighties sometime. And just this whole thing smacks of like this ill conceived space opera that was supposed to make it to yeah. some kind of uh stage production somehow. It would make more sense on stage. Of course Weezer was also going to instead of doing Pinkerton do songs from the black hole, which was a rock opera about space too, but well they should have. There's there's songs from it that are all the strings and stuff though, it really does sound to me you know, it does harken back to, you know, popular music, 30s, 40s, yeah. before before the advent of rock and roll. Yeah. Right. You know, so so I think it's a, I think there is some consistency there that that they're. I mean, in, in the sense that they're, uh, you know, it's called the future. Yeah. And I and I do agree. There's a sort of cinematic or operatic approach to the whole thing, but at the same time, it's this kind of um, very lush, thick, yes. syrupy backdrop for Frank to sing over the top yeah. of. And again, hearing other like rock or contemporary people's attempt at opera, I think this is really pulled off almost. Like, yeah. I don't know, there's enough of of what he's about in there. Like there's enough jazz, there's enough of, you yeah, know, his It's not his very voice. Sinatra-y from the... the, the, the there, there are moments that yes. it's like, whoa, okay. Yeah, yeah they... they it does, yeah, and it doesn't, like, there's no choruses or hooks or anything exactly. that repeats. You yeah. can't sing along to this by any stretch. I mean, yeah, the hooks are just him being him. Yeah. I don't know. Well, didn't, they, this was, uh, they put together a huge orchestra for this. and Yeah, they, 200 they, people plus. They had to rent out a, a medium-sized venue to record it in because there wasn't a, a live room at a, a recording studio, even in L.A., that was big enough to contain... I mean, we're we're like Phil Spector squared on the production yeah. of this. I, th- I think they rented the Shrine or something, and yeah. they did it all oh, yeah. live too, which is nuts. Yeah. So yeah, you got two hundred people all jammed in. You know, this makes uh, uh, what's what was the Nesmith? Oh, record? The, the Wichita train whistle. Yeah, it's, yeah, that makes it makes that look like uh, never mind the buzz. You know, never never mind <laughs> in the bollocks or something. Exactly because the, the Sykes Pistols. Yeah, I, I can't imagine there was a session musician who wasn't employed in L.A. that weekend. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but I don't know. Do we want to get into it song yeah, by song? Yeah, I was wondering Let's... how you're going to do this because <laughs> we can't like, listen to the whole. Because the yeah. first song is like four different songs. Yeah, it's like ten and a half minutes. Yeah. And then the second song is broken into three bands on the oh yeah, yeah and it's it's kind of weird but we'll well yeah let's do it let's pop in and out as necessary but um i will say the first one is the most um sci-fi of them all this is the one where we get to see sinatra visiting the solar system 
We open much like Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> Everyone's tuning up. My name is Francis. And of course, Francis right up top. You know... This I'm, is actually a famous beginning intro, yeah, yeah. which I never realized came from this. I'm pretty sure if you called him Francis, he'd punch you in the face. <laughs> yes. Only his mommy can call him Francis. Yes. He sings mostly in saloons. I, I don't think he's played a saloon in many a year by the time he recorded this. Fucking liar. <laughs> he's spending a lot of time in saloons. Indeed. Frank was, like, in between wives at the time. No, and he had been married for four years to his most recent wife. Oh, okay. I mean, his last wife. His last wife? Yeah. But this this, this comes after a period of him being pretty yeah. inactive. Yeah. Where he was really going on a bender. Yeah. Uh, well, and his mom had died one year before this. Or no, no, the two years before this. So he was thinking about mortality. and mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, Nuts for me to think of somebody really leaning into a booze bender at you know fifty five or so. Yeah, yeah. Like 50, I, I'm not even sure fifty years old. You what know? would count as a booze bender for him? <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, when did he do? Do you know when did when did he do the duet with Bono? That was after. This was like eighty four. Yeah, yeah. So duets album, and that was sort of him giving up. Like I'm just gonna show up for half a song, and you wheel me out. I don't even care who you put on here. I just remember it was some. Um, Late night show, you know, the Tonight Show, something yeah. like this. And uh, they're interviewing Bono, and they said, well, what do you remember about Frank? And he said, well, he goes, I remember going over his house, and I remember he had a movie theater in his house, and we sat down to watch a movie, and he asked if I wanted a drink. And he gave me, you know, like a, a tumbler full of whiskey or scotch or something. <laughs> yeah. And he said, that's pretty much all I remember from, <laughs> from the evening. From Frank. Right. <laughs> Francis. And he said, Francis he, apparently, apparently, you know, Frank was already on his, you know, third or fourth. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, he literally doesn't remember because after he drank that first drink, right? He, yeah. Um, he, and this is an Irishman talking. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, well, I mean, it's Bono, too. Right, so, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who knows? He is <laughs> prone to hyperbole. Yeah. It's weird because this, you know, clearly he's going for a realism here. Yeah. I mean, putting his own middle name out there. Right, exactly. right. And then. Yeah, it's really personal to him. And Francis so, Albert. Yeah. So why are we going to Venus and, and Mars? And and he doesn't even go through the solar system in the right order. Exactly. We were talking about that. Yep. Oh, from Neptune to. Uh, There's the Mercury. chorus you guys are talking about. Yeah, there you yeah. go. It's great. Yeah. I want them to follow me around. Um, yeah. <laughs> What do you mean you can't take a hundred out? You can't change a hundred. You take a hundred. <laughs> Actually, you know what this sounds like? Not, it's like a, a Christmas special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's that got does. Like that's the lush, overly well done. Yeah, I mean they, they're not Christmas carols, but it's the arrangement and totally sound. And Which again is totally on brand for him. You yes, know? I I think Frank has like eight or nine Christmas albums. <laughs> yeah. So somewhere in here, isn't there a? Uh, might be coming up, but the uh, yeah, the first there's like a Star Trek theme uh-huh. quote, yes. like straight up, shameless. It's also a very yeah, like Disney. Yeah. Here's a little more of the yeah, the operatic Disney yeah. Op- yeah. opera kind of. You're right. The, the, this whole, the, particularly this track, feels very much like a Epcot ride. 
Yeah, and again, to illustrate like something that you're seeing, you know. Yes. It's most, it's best accompanied. Like it's, it's accompanied. Animatronics or mm, animation yeah. or something. Or some sort of. When I act. At yeah. Venus. See, this is where I'm like. Really and he impressed. misses the opportunity to rhyme it with penis over and over. Well, more importantly, is his pronunciation of Uranus, yeah, yeah. which he is he leans very... into the anus, doesn't yes. he? Yeah. Well, Uranus. Yeah, Uranus. 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 <laughs> Uranus is heaven. But um, well, even even this though, it's it's the, lyrically there's a very much a lack of depth. Yes. You know, you're all he's out, saying you're is I'm universe. an old guy and I sing songs and I'm. Well, well, I'm just saying, he's like, I'm going to go to Venus and, you know, it, it's going to be strange. Yeah. yeah. Right? There's no... Depth or meaning to or, it. Or, or something. Well, or, or he's not showing us what the strange is. Is he yeah. supposed to find, like, the aliens? Like, describe... I don't know. He, he's He, like, blows off Neptune with one line. He's I like, know. That is a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean... Uranus is heaven and, and Pluto is Hades and yeah. Jupiter controls Saturn's reign or something like that, yeah, which wait, I don't. Fuck? I don't know if he ever took an astronomy course. Yeah. I, he doesn't seem really well versed, or whoever wrote it. Right? Some, yeah, something Gordon tells Jenkins. me that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson would be really <laughs> apoplectic, ang- angered by this. Oh, I think he's stopped dropping by the podcast later. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Set it all straight. Saturn makes with the crops. You know, and then there's trade between Jupiter and Saturn. I, I'm. It's painting us a picture. Yes, not an accurate picture or a hey, terribly meaningful about, picture. You know but Jimmy Hoffa relations. on Uranus? Mm-hmm. No, Uranus. Uranus? Yeah. Yeah. Is that? He does say Uranus. Uh-huh. Uranus. Yeah, Uranus. that was when people were being taught. Not and he, he does also say the word ass. You can bet your ass. Oh boy. Damn. Yes. Vicious square. He I mean, does correctly identify Pluto well, as I'm a sure he was celestial a... dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> so, a gas-based giant. <laughs> I think by ass he was referring to a farm animal. Well, of course. Hades. Yeah. Hey, ladies. That's right. Yes, I do. It's flummoxing. You just sort of sit back and, and take it in. So why is he going there? Why is he going to any of the planets? What is, what is his the point? Well, he'll meet a lot of friends on Pluto because Pluto is hell with his ass on his rocket ship, which also is apparently a train. Venus, penis. Yes, his rocket ship is shaped like a tumbler. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, you know, how do we know that? Um, Uranus is heaven because they will meet him at the station with a pizza pie. Well done. Wait, is that lyrics? Yep, that is lyrics in there. He, he, a, he, he knows that it's heaven because they greet him at the station with a pizza pie and, and red wine. Yeah. And the pizza pie is well done. Now, I could see the pizza pie being done well, but a well done pizza sounds... Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you don't want it you know, gooey. Gooey? No, I mean, you know. This is from New Jersey. I think he knew. We can, we can assume that he's pretty he in tune with, with pizza. tasty pizza. He knows he knows what kind of pie he wants. Yeah. yeah. That um, The production is 
you know, even for 1980, it's pretty startling. I mean, you just would not hear anything being done with that level of, uh, outside of a movie score. Yeah, know? absolutely. Well, with that, that, yeah. Uh, you know. And even then, most movie scores at this point were you know, small rock combos. Right, 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 yeah. It, it, this is like Gone with the Wind, Technicolor, exactly, soundscape. Right, right, yeah. yeah. This is like some cast of thousands. I think, oh, yeah, the thing that it evokes the most is uh, a musical, like, listen to. Like, I grew up listening to, like, musicals on CD, you know? Yeah, Oklahoma is, or something. Like, yeah, and it, I mean, even, like, Wicked. I mean, you know, I'm showing my age there, but that was when I was, like, in the yeah. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. It's it, That's why it, it doesn't sound that strange to me. The lyrics are dumb, though. Yeah, like these are like yeah. Without you listen the, to the lyrics, dude. If you the, listen to Sinatra lyrics, you're really fucking up something. Yeah, well, well the, just the without the the production, this these could be like community theater original lyrics. Well, yeah, again, you ever listen to white guys write lyrics in like the 1900s? Like, no, it's all about like. Uh, killing women and raping them and, and you know killing men for having sex with women consentingly I don't know it's all it's all fucked up man. and then going out for pizza right and then pizza fighting and world war none well yeah it's like yeah that's a yeah, it's very stream of consciousness too. There isn't like a plot. Yeah, it's just like, and what else is there? We're just sort of wandering around. I mean, honestly, I don't think it was until probably like the '90s or the '80s, maybe we started paying attention to our lyrics and and treating them as poetry rather than just fillers. Yeah, I mean, there was the certain artists had that reputation, mm-hmm. you know, Paul Simon or whatnot. But. Yeah, I'm talking about like the the mainstream yeah. zeitgeist was. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. a reason why. What's that? Rapey Christmas song. Yeah. It's cold oh, outside. Hey, yeah. no, uh, people, I've got. We've, we've, I've, yeah, that's another straight, story, but I'm just saying. women have come around on that recently, yes. being like, well, actually, if you want to fuck dudes, like in the 50s. That's you what you have to do. You kind of have to pretend to not yeah, want to fuck saying, dudes. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Th- that's, those lyrics like that were exactly. not. Exactly. Analyzed, well, but, but, and not criticized. but I think you're right. Yeah, not examined be the way to put it. But I think certainly there are people that they listen to the lyrics. Yeah. And there is a reason why why like Frank Sinatra, amongst the reason he was so popular is because well, you know the complaint, right? About rock and roll. Yeah. It's like I can't understand what they're saying. Right? Which is bizarre because when you listen to it, it's kind of clear. But still, <laughs> but still not you know, used to it. the yeah. idea is is that the music, the music is there to support the vocalist and the vocalist is there to deliver a story. Yes. Right? You know, enunciate and, and pronounce your right. message. Right. And, and and you know be, you know, and, and the more emotive they can be while doing that, I suppose the more the more um revered they were as a singer, you know, so Sinatra, you know, definitely would be yeah. towards the top of that bill, right? Well, but that's people true. so so <laughs> the so the lyrics are there to to evoke an emotional response, I yes. think, right? And and uh, um, and these these are like you said. If the emotion if the emotion is kind of, I'm not sure what it is. Sort of pensive or or just kind of reminiscent, reminiscent, uh, nostalgic, know, right? <laughs> but it's nostalgic for, uh, uh, you know. For what hasn't happened, or yes. or, uh, or maybe the future it's, that he was promised that didn't come true. Yeah, it right. does. Yeah. It does seem uh, a very uh, not too distant future, as seen from the uh, nineteen sixty. Yeah, you know. Insert uh, 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 Jetson's uh, car. Well, that, yeah. 
right, right, sound. exactly. Yeah. So what about what, what happened to the Jetsons? What the hell is this going on? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It's like a, I want my flying car and my robot butlers. Hey, man, have th- you been to a Whole Foods sponsored by Amazon lately? Because that is the future. That is yeah, the future. Yeah, no, that's all that. Yep. Exactly. Well, and and my Roomba loves this album. Does talk about robot rights, spaceships, and. I'll be honest. Yeah, I did keep not. On top of that. Yeah. I did not give one thought to the lyrics. There are some but great I, lines in there. There's spaceships and rockets and computers and inventions and buttons you can push. And I can't tell if it's because like I'm <laughs> I'm really used to not paying attention to crooner lyrics. I'm a, I yeah. love jazz. I love crooners, and to listen to lyrics can be really disappointing sometimes. Exactly. Um, or I also like. I don't really pay attention to lyrics too because I'm such a uh, musical person and I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm not sure which of those is at play here, but I did not give it even a second thought to the lyrics of this. If you don't pay attention to the lyrics, it may not be as strange for Frank, but it's still pretty out there. Really? Yeah, it's true because most of the, the classic Frank material is in that crooner style where you can pretty much just, if you're not paying attention to the lyrics and you assume a, uh, a fairly typical and fairly, uh, you know, uh, specifically gendered uh, yeah. love story, mm-hmm. you're going to be right, like, all the damn time. Right, exactly. You, yeah, that's maybe a, a factor, too. I'm like, well, I know what it's about. You can, yeah. you can probably listen to the musical cues. The theme that broke my heart. And, and, and tell what's going on without having to pay real Is he happy with the dame or sad? Well, is it a major key or a minor? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, we're good. So where did he have the pizza again? On Saturn? Venus. Ven- Venus. No, Uranus is heaven. Uranus is heaven. Right? And that's how you know that it's heaven. That's interesting, isn't it? Yes. Also, who wrote those lyrics? Gordon didn't. Jenkins. The guy who wrote that's the music right. also wrote the lyrics. So do we know anything about him at all, like his he's, personal he, life? He's been working with Frank for a long time and did send him a letter in the 50s saying, I want to do yeah. a big oh, auto really? musical autobiography piece about you, Sinatra, and Sinatra. Oh, so like, it was intended to be autobiographical. We were going back and forth yeah. on that. Okay. I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm a... Or yeah. rather, biographical right, sense. Right. It really, you don't get the sense at all that he knows anything about either the planets or um, the uh, their namesakes. Yeah, or the astrological... <laughs> it, just seems, it seems completely random, random that yes. he attributes to these... Uh, well, we'll Whichever make, one rhymes. We'll, we'll make Uranus <laughs> yes. heaven. Yeah. Of course not. He's blackout drunk during the whole recording of this thing, man. He doesn't remember doing it. Nah. So, well, speaking of weird lyrics, shall we go on to the, uh, the hippiest song that... Or the hippiest lyric that Frank ever... Francis, pardon me, ever recorded? World War None. Because hippies are... The desert, it's so peaceful and warm, and the cares of the world drift by like clouds reflected in a quiet pool. But they're always so which is the hippie lyric? Well, it's all about how we're going to prepare for the day when peace comes and we no longer have war. Oh. Yeah. Back when that was the thing. Yeah. It's it's like he wants to buy the world a Coke. All you need is love. Boy. Some war drums for a hippie yeah. anthem. War. War. No, see, he's beating the war. I see. 
What if they threw a war and nobody came? Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> it's the war against war. There you go. <laughs> I can try. Time I mean, this is a shorter song, and it's, it feels a little more Sinatra-y than the last one, which I felt... I don't know. I feel like in all of the songs, there are moments yes. where it's well, like, it oh, never, this is... Nothing repeats, so there is always, yeah, a, a yeah. minute here or a chorus there. Which is but... what I was impressed by. I really didn't think that he would be able to... And it's so seamless, too. It never yeah. feels jarring. No. Yeah. And this doesn't really address any, like, Cold War concerns, does it? It's just pretty vague. Yeah. Like, it's non-specific. You know, war is not really cool, guys. Hey, baby. Which is odd for 1980 that it, you're gonna address that without yes. any consideration. We gotta get ready for World War None. Oh, that's the peace angle. There's no more word. World War. Oh, yeah. Okay. Damn, I really didn't pay attention. That's a band there. name that I just World War None, but N U N. There you go. Oh, N U N. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting though that we have to get ready to not have war anymore. You'd think it would be pretty easy, you know. Most of us are not having a war most of the time. But, you know, at least in a micro right, sense. Right, right. <laughs> this sounds like some red commie shit. Yeah. This is very ethnic, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> Faux ethnic. Hollywood ethnic. Well, yeah, it reminds me of, like, James Bond films in some yeah. ways. A little bit Exotic forced. Exotic locales. Yeah, exactly. Morocco and... Zanzibar. Yeah. Zanzibar. It rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Timbuktu. We do got some bongos here. Apparently, of the 200 musicians, there's only one guitar player. <laughs> hey, as it should be. Yes. More than enough. Spoken as a guitar player, yeah. Uh. He's got it covered. Oh, wait, there are three of us in the room. Everyone's a guitar player. They just don't know it yet. <laughs> God damn it. Don't tell people that. They're not a good guitar player, but everyone. <laughs> An olive branch is so much stronger than this one. How about everyone's a clarinet? They just can't afford a clarinet. Oh, you're right. Jesus. That's the problem. Clarinet center. Clarinets for all. <laughs> Small plastic flags for others. How about, you know, it's a Kazoos. Kazoos. We just made a lot of kazoos. That's how we will achieve World War None. <laughs> Which, it's too late. <laughs> We've already had a couple of them. Hey. <laughs> so. <laughs> mm. So the future, the future will be warless. Yes. We gotta get ready for it. Yes, the, the future we will travel to the planets and we will have no war. I'll so say this, he didn't really specify what <laughs> That's true. But it does sort of feel like a Star Trek future. It's a peaceful, intergalactic... I mean, we haven't gotten out in the solar system, but, you know, still... Interplanetary. Interplanetary. Speak for yourself, man. Yeah. Well, shall we go on to the... the the next track, which is the first part of three, which I don't know why all three weren't put on one side of the record, yeah, but weird. The future, which ends side one. So we got lots of uh, harps. That was um, 
Gordon Jenkins' specialty was like string arranging. Oh yeah, he was not known for um restraint. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Do we know anything about this woman who's singing? Who is she? No, we did not. As a person that. or as a character in the piece? She's gonna find I, a gypsy. I think I did read something that she thought this was weird and she didn't know what she was doing. As in, like, uh, don't know how to make this good. Yeah. If you've ever done any uh, sessions, work for hire as a musician, then that's pretty much jumping off point for anything. Yeah. I think this is weird and I don't know what's going on. But <laughs> yeah. Gonna go with it, so. I mean, this is really a, a song for the, the chorus and not. Francis. Mm-hmm. He doesn't show up for like two minutes and only has a couple lines. Oh, Francis. These choral arrangements make me feel like I should buy some dish soap in 1950s. I like it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my hands Rocket? will be soft and my Turns dishes will be clean. Computers. And your children will grow up happy. Rockets, yeah. computers, and inventions. Yes. He, he ran out of things. <laughs> Rockets, computers, inventions, uh, Buttons you can push, and at some point, Frank asks for a magic wand because you know he's already had a rocket ship and moved to the Uranus, so now he needs more. Yeah, no, he has a pizza there. Yeah. This does feel very nostalgic. I wonder how it felt in 1980. It it can't have seemed any more contemporary back exactly. then. I mean, that was like when. Synth pop was taken off. Yeah, Devo right. and, and the B-52s were big. I mean, Talking Heads were big. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, think of what were hits, popular music hits at the MTV time. MTV was blown up. Yeah. yeah, just starting. The Buggles were out there. And I would stand there big and brave and quietly say, ladies and gentlemen, play for me. Play for me. You know, like you do when you have a a, a, a magic five thousand seat <laughs> uh, uh, a music venue uh, full of, uh, with a you know two hundred person orchestra. Well, say you know, play for me. If Frank's not a specialist at one thing, like that's that's his thing. He's like an MC. He's the guy. The, the, the syrup gets thick on that one. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't really let up. You, you gotta sort of ride the waves of syrup on this. Uh, the, the woman that, that opens it up, I, I who's looking like for that. a gypsy? Yes. Yeah, it was you know sort of that sultry. Yeah. I think she comes back later yeah, too. Yeah, she's back and even more sultry, even yes, more like but interesting. still looking for a gypsy to read her future because this is the future. Oh boy. Do we need well? So in the, yeah, do you, it, it yeah, starts our, to get in the future. We need to gypsies to, to read the future because we don't have crossover. Maybe yes, <laughs> you can't just read the newspaper. I ha- I have to imagine that uh, JG Thirlwell, the composer for a, I mean, a bunch of stuff, but you know, the Venture Brothers cartoon mm-hmm. show mostly has uh, listened to this album, particularly this record. Of well, this it's a pretty perfect overlap. Album, it quite, did sell bit, pretty well. Yeah. It was a big hit for Frank, and you know. When it came out in CD, like five years later, all of the um, first two discs fit on one disc, and mm-hmm. the future got relegated to its own disc, mm-hmm. which I imagine 
got lost behind Didn't the sell accidentally as conveniently well. lost. Well, it was sold in a single package, but I think you know one was used as a coaster and the other was used for yep. you know twenty tracks of Frank. <laughs> so. Yeah, at a, at a party. This is inventions. Buttons so, to push. As far as uh, you know, the concept goes. Um, so, did we learn any more from this song? Like to piece things together a bit. Mm, this this song does not. It, I mean, it's it makes the um, space allegories of the first song continue through the peace allegories of the second song. But but now we've introduced you know more magic wands, and ma- I think the magic and, wand yeah. is supposed to be like a conductor's baton, and he's conducting this huge orchestra uh, of music. There we go. There's the metaphor. Yeah, uh, he's. Wait, is he, there really like a story? I keep forgetting to listen to the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's. A, I mean, there seems to be. There, there. This seems to be a conceptual package. So it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, oh wait, and that, well, fits your, that fits your opera we're, angle we're, as well. Yeah, yeah. true. We're genre mixing though here, yes. aren't we? We're we're in the in space and we have hip magic opera wand. swing. Well, that's what I was wondering, right? You got you know you do have the fi- but but it's it's obviously there's this sort of dabbling in science, but clearly. The, not a lot of knowledge. Not a lot of you know awareness of actual science. So why not throw in the magic, magic wand? wand? But the magic wand is the baton to, yeah. to you know yeah, no. spark up the orchestra. Yeah. Uh, the orchestra. It's, just, it's um, far less nice. scientifically accurate than uh, the Secret Life of Plants, which I believe was vetted by a team of scientists. <laughs> this, on the other hand, not so much. I don't think it was. No genre mixing is well. The, well, maybe the, maybe you know if if this had been done in 2019, maybe internet scientist could have you know yeah worked it over, worked it over, um, and, you know found its way. Yeah, I think we're more strict about that now too. It Magic wands are not. Don't well, well, I don't know what I, what I was thinking. The exact opposite that like you know if you if you were to look on science sites on the internet, you will discover that there are um, uh, pyramids that were built by aliens in uh, Antarctica and this sort of thing. The earth is flat. Yeah, the earth is flat. Vaccines cause autism. Right, exactly. If the internet says so, then... Yeah, I was going to say that uh, genre mixing is the just the razor's edge of sci-fi writing. As soon as you have space Vikings or magic wands and... Well, you've you've crossed over into a different... Yeah, it's like it can be pulled off, but boy, you got to... You got to know what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. that's for that's for it's experts only territory. I feel like they know what they're doing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they they know how the they the, got buttons. The and crops on Saturn <laughs> are are affected by the rains in I mean, Jupiter. And they know that there is a pizza place on Uranus. And they know Uranus is heaven. Well, you know, Uranus, Uranus. If you have enough lube. Yeah, I know. Oh boy, <laughs> we we had to go there. Oh dear. Or enough urine. Yeah. Jesus. Mm. Fucking scientists. So, apparently the future is continued on side two on the future continued. I've been there. Exclamation point. There's a lot of punctuation in the song yeah, titles. you know, and that's kind of uncharacteristic, too. I yes. was, I was uh, I mean, it feels intrigued like a, by that. An ELP album. A lot of Oxford commas in the song titles. <laughs> no Roman numerals, no, but still. No enthusiasm. Like, written into the song titles yes. with the exclamation points.
Now, does this feel like a continuation of the last? I forgot what the last one's. Exactly. <laughs> I, I I wonder if it was on CD instead of vinyl. If this would have just been one continuous. Oh, I know track. what you mean. Is this like a mistake to break them up? Yeah. Well, you know, when we listen to this on our iPad or whatever. Um, when the, the future. When the, yeah, right? With it was our, in Whole with Foods. Our buttons and adventures. <laughs> um, and our CD we bought from uh, uh, Starbucks. Um, the robot delivering our uh-huh. beep boop, beep boop. Food. Yep. Uh, the, uh, the last song on this side uh, wrapped up and it started playing the first track from the, the first record of this album, which is a very throwback y. Well, not a throwback. It, it was perfectly. Yeah, the past. Yeah, yeah it's exactly where it's supposed to be. That was really, time is circular. That was really That's cool. That's really what the message is. circle. Yeah, I've seen that show. Um, but yeah, that was very fascinating. I was like, wow, that's a bold way to end the... It's like, oh no, it's been over for a couple of minutes now. After. There you go. So this is a song where Frank is observing a young couple, young in love, and I'm not sure if he's like offering advice or just sort of bragging that he's already done that. Um, I would go with the latter. Probably. I wouldn't take romantic advice from Francis if I were you. <laughs> it Don't call me year. that. Hey man, all his exes, aside from Ava Gardner, are yeah. really like still on super good terms with him yeah. at this point. Apparently he well, was packing heat. No, I just think he's a nice guy. Well, and dude, there are people who will rough you up if you say anything bad about them. So, you <laughs> yeah, know, true. You, take, oh, you sign the, the prenup, boy. you sign the NDA, and you I, walk away. Yeah, it was just because Ava Gardner was as famous as he was that yeah. she was able to say shitty things. Yeah. <laughs> Probably I, some of that. I really wish that I uh, I remember who first told this joke, but it was a you know classic like, Vegas comedian who said that uh, Frank Sinatra saved my life. He said, that's enough, boys. You can stop. <laughs> I love that joke. So that the, lyrically, this may be the closest to a you know average Frank song because it does involve yeah. romance, even if he's not a direct participant. When you've lived and loved like Frank has, yes, you know the future. I know the I'm future. Talking about Zappo. <laughs> I'm talking about Zeppo because he married Zeppo's. That's right. Wife. That's right. His wife, uh, Barbara Marks. Wow. <laughs> tidbit for you if that comes up in trivia someday yeah, you know yeah. you can thank us for getting that one right yeah no no i was just uh actually i, I stole that from spinal tap if if you remember that the uh the 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 boys in spinal tap they get in the back of a limo yeah and the limo driver was reading my yes, way yes i can yeah, no. yeah, yes, I can. That was it. By yeah, Sammy yeah. Davis Jr. By Sammy Davis Jr. Right. It should have been, yes, I can, if Frank says I can. Right. <laughs> exactly. That wasn't that Bruno Kirby? Yeah, and then, and, then was, the, uh, yeah. and then the guys at Spinal Tap, they diss him. So he's like, yeah, well, they just don't get it. When you've lived and loved like Frank, Frank has. <laughs> and they roll up the, yeah, they roll up the, the privacy uh, curtain. The privacy window. Um, all right. So... So, uh, so the future continues, past continues to the conclusion of the future. Frank has seen the future and he's left it behind. <laughs> yes.
I appreciate the fact he didn't try and make a future album that sounded like, you know, a bunch of theremins uh, and synthesizers future. and, yeah, right, right. proto-drum machines or whatever <laughs> the future sounded like in 1979. That's what it still sounds like. We're waiting for it. Yeah, it sounds like McCartney's second solo album. I'm waiting for the future. To coming up. Yeah, it sounds like a lot like the past. Uh, yeah, I was so going to say. Far. It sounds like the in the future we've forgotten all about rock and roll, Frank. How did that happen? Hey man, time is cyclical. There you go. How about that Yuri Gagarin fellow? <laughs> yeah, Clark Gable's yeah, big yeah. again. So maybe it is. It's all about pining for the past and wishing a imagining a future where the past is present. Yes. So apparently But after, without war. Exactly. After the parenthetical, this song is entitled Song Without Words. What? I love it. You may notice there are several words in this song. Yes, I love it. We have another female soloist. You know, I notice none of the women in this piece get to say, my name is Francis, right off the bat and introduce themselves. I know. So few of them are named Francis. Yes. Yeah, they're... My name is Francis McDormand. She, she could do this album. Different spelling. Yeah, the truth. I know Bob Dylan's been on a kick where he's been covering nothing but Francis Albert Sinatra song. Maybe he should do this whole album. That would be something. That would be cool. Inventions and buttons to press. No, and I know um, this might be facile, but uh, I uh, I just when listening to this, I really wanted I really wanted to hear William Shatner. It is that. That's yeah. what I wanted. Uh, you need and, some uh, emoting here, and and as good as Francis is, he's no Shatner. <laughs> I was gonna say he this, just he just can't bring life to these. Uh, well, like the story. When did Star Trek start airing? Sixty six, I believe. Oh, good God! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is is. So we 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 know what we're doing by this just, point. Yeah, Shatner is well into his T.J. Hooker phase at this point. As, yeah. as grandiose as the arrangements are. Um, the just their vision of space is kind of lame. Yeah, it's. I mean, Shatner's been plowing green chicks in space for like decades already. You know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah, like it should be. A, yeah, right. Frank's talking about getting a good pizza. You know, <laughs> this is pretty safe. You just can't get a good pizza anymore yeah. unless you go to Uranus. Uranus, yeah. A well that's, done one. That's anyway. what the kids are calling it. I yes. think. I, I think that uh, uh, Futurama, Phil they K. Call Dick it should have written uh, Frank his space opera. <laughs> why, did yeah. it, why did it change? Uh, why did what change? Uranus to Uranus. Um, because people I think were it's bravery. Funny. It I think bravery. it's bravery. You want to lean an into Ayn Rand, it. Ayn Rand thing, Matt? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it is. And yet it's Pluto we've demoted. Like, why did these things change? <laughs> yeah, why didn't we... Where was the cultural moment where we decided See, I'm, I'm like, that, I'm yeah. like, Frank, damn it. Why are they changing these things? And then here, Frank changes it. Yeah. It's very yes. disappointing. Yeah. Maybe it's a per- personal preference. Could yes. Be, uh, Some people prefer to stay away from Uranus. Though they prefer the urine <laughs> over the anus. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, no. I mean... I mean, I think you just can't hide for a minute, man. Maybe he was just jealous that Dean got to fly to the moon, and, mm. and he never got... He Fly me to the moon, fuck you! I'm going everywhere! He went to a... That's a, some more. 
<laughs> it hit his eye like a big pizza pie. <laughs> what can you do? I hate it when big pizza pies hit my eye. Wow, we That's do. That's why have... I wear goggles. We do have a lot of pizza. Okay. Is this Major Tom fellow? <laughs> Tell him he's fired. What kind of shirts do I wear? I'll tell ya. So apparently towards the end he does the, the chorus goes la 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 la. So that's those are the that's the song without words. We have a lot of words to get to the song without words. If you were watching TV, your subtitles would say vocalizations. Vocalizations. I just like to put a plug in for all of America to fund subtitling. Yes. It's an accessibility issue. I think all the world should should buy a Coke. Subtitles And we could live garbage. in perfect harmony. <sighs> Shout out to Big Beverage. <laughs> Shout out to Don Draper. <laughs> yeah, no, he started it, didn't he? He wow. did. He did everything. Well, after three pieces of the finale. Was that the third future? That was the third and final and future. And this is the finale? And this is the finale. I, I gotta colon, say, I, I Before liked, the music ends. I like the finale the best. It was my yes. favorite piece. It does have my favorite line in there. The cat with the scythe. Wow. <laughs> it's okay about the Grim Reaper. It's like, by the time the cat oh, the with cat, the scythe. The the, the, I was imagining a completely different thing. <laughs> I know, but. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Three Jane, where'd you get that from? Put that down. <laughs> I reached the age of 40 somewhat sooner than expected, living at a fairly hectic pace. And when I count the years, that I have happily collected the He reached the age of 40 much sooner than he expected. He's saying that when he's 65. This is yeah. actually also a pretty famous, like, yeah. it's like, when I listened to it, it was like, oh, that's where this is from. Well, Frank doesn't have a lot else autobiographical to draw from. Exactly, so yeah. If People you're gonna, probably analyze yeah. the fuck out of this. I mean, you know, this is his Thin White Duke moment. <laughs> When I was 17, this this really is sort of an it was ex, a good year, a good year <laughs> extrapolated into the right, right, the infinite. Yeah. Gotta say, I expected all of us to sing on this podcast before now. So. Before the music oboe work. A lot of bassoon. How many, how many oboes do you think there are in this? More than there are guitars. Three or four. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe more than that. How about that. bassoons? They had four bassoons four on this, bassoons. which is a lot. That's the a number of bassoons you have with a gigantic orchestra. Usually one or two is enough. Well, yeah. gigantic, 200, isn't that gigantic? Yeah, 200 is big as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's 200 is a lot. It, it, it don't get much bigger. I think one guitar is still plenty, though. It's funny, he mentions, you know, when he's done traveling the plants, he wants to go back to the desert. I'm pretty sure he's not talking about the Gobi Desert. He's talking about Nevada. Yes. Specifically, a certain town in Nevada. Yes. No. Reno. <laughs> he's talking uh, uh, de- Desert Hot Springs, right? There you yeah. go. I would have thought he just meant Los Angeles. But Tahoe. He's a big Caius fan. No, he, he gets, we gone, get a man. lot of his personal takes on gambling here in this song. You know, baby doesn't need a new pair of shoes. She's got plenty. I just need a nine. And then the whole chorus goes nine, 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 which is kind of scary if you speak German. 
He also yes. thanks his musical inspirations. Um, Ludwig Van. Yeah, love that. <laughs> Mrs. Birdie for Joe. And uh, Giacomo. Yeah, I gotta say, the only one I got was Ludwig Van. Yeah. He does kind of like, there's a German theme. He is... <laughs> He's more Italian than German, but yes, there is oh, definitely a yeah. a Not European German. first kind of. Well, I remember yeah. that in the 20th century, those Italians and Germans seemed to get along pretty well with yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, they were well, on during, the same side of certain. During WW two, they were kind of you know waiting to see which side was coming out a little bit ahead. So you know, but which was going to hold off until? What about World War None? <laughs> uh, WWN. World nine. War None. Back in the habit. I need a nine. You, you even hear the dice rolling. You, there's some sound effects in here. It's nice. It's good. Ooh, does, is there fully credit? Maybe. He has to go back to Hoboken one last time, but then he's... Of course. It's Vegas. He's, he wants to die in Vegas. Craps Where is Where did fun. he die? Did he die in Vegas? Yeah, probably. I was going to say, if I had to put money on it, and I'm <laughs> sure Vegas had a pool going. What did oh he die God. of? Being 83. So not long after. Nothing this. specific like choking or. Yeah, like on the toilet or anything. No, no. Mm-hmm. Just pneumonia cool or like something. Elvis. Yeah. Well, he yeah. was old enough. Yeah, being eighty-three, I think that's a legitimate cause. Of yeah. Possibly even in nineteen. When was that? Ninety-eight. Yeah. If you live in America and you're old, uh, you're a, you can be a politician, or, or you can be dead. Yes. At eighty. You can be Strom Thurmond, or you can be yeah. That's uh, those are your options. He was in the Manchurian Candidate, right? He was. He was good in it. He's actually a good actor. I mean, the man with the golden arm, I think he got an Oscar for that. There's a great story about that, him basically using his mafia connections to get that role because they didn't didn't want to cast him. Well, I can understand that if, you know, some pretty boy singer who's sort of over the hill. I mean, you're not going to cast Justin Timberlake in, you know, Midnight permanent midnight or something Giacomo Giacomo Hinane that's sinister it is a little threatening Giacomo for a 65 year old man he's still got I mean he can sing, man. Yeah, yeah this is definitely we 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 have abandoned the future once again with this. Yes, this song. It, no, this is more him contemplating the future and his own mortality, and that's where he gets to the cat with the scythe, and he wants to still be singing when he's the final curtain comes, and and then the chorus just goes Sinatra, Sinatra, which you know I think we all yes, I think we could all use that when we die. I wonder so, if that's how he. Sinatra, I wonder yeah. if that's how it was sold to him. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this at the yeah, end. Yeah, we're gonna pump Sinatra. your name. You won't find me at that idiot wheel that spins and spins and spins. And this is also where he sort of says he wants to record one last great final masterpiece, which one would assume he is referring to this own meta, you know, fourth wall breaking. Oh yeah, dude! This is his Joe's garage, it, something like that. Jojo, dancer, your life is calling. Oh, 
gambling again. Put a hundred on the line. Yes, if I knew more about playing crafts, these might mean more to me, but... Yeah, hundred on the line, a hundred on the come, is what he said. Yeah, Frank Sinatra's on the line. Oh, there you go, yeah. I suddenly I see, you know, Peter Sellers and Doctor Strange Love. Tone deaf, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there was no uh, hand gesture when that was yes. <laughs> recorded. That might have been a, you know, a conductor's. Yeah. Um, the magic wand was <laughs> yeah. was being conducted. So that that is quite a finale. Actually, I do think the end of this is pretty good. Yes, it is very finale finale. <laughs> Presented in Technicolor. <laughs> Widescreen. Exactly. Starring Charlton Heston. Yeah. In a cast of thousands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Timpani and Brass. and Filmed by Panavision. There you go. <laughs> I can't imagine what the scores look like because you had to do those by hand back in the day. And oh, it's Lord. just, it's 200 freaking people, man. Oh, yeah. The, the sheer number of forests that were felled in order to write out Again, this score. Again, yeah, there was no session musician with no. a free weekend. That's just a buttload of money, Sinatra, all those copyists. Sinatra! Is this, this could be another, uh, this could get the tax shelter stamp of yeah. outliers. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't realize they were yelling Sinatra. Yes. Shit. <laughs> I guess this really is magnum opus material. Yes, like, this is this is autobiography in oh forty minutes. Yeah, that's with timpani. So, with timpani. Not self-indulgent at yeah. all. No. Someone else indulged him. It's Gordon Jenkins indulgence. It's fucking Sinatra. Hey, I feel like this I, is probably the least self-indulgent thing he's ever that done. That is true. Yeah. Since yeah. he got famous. Around. Well, since we're that, that's the last song, right? Uh-huh. Yes, it is the so finale. Do you, do you think he was in a like a vocal booth while they were doing this, or do you think it was question. all done over the top? I think he was all done live. I think he was standing right next to Gordon as he was conducting. He's probably had some gobos around him or something. Yeah, yeah. well, there's definitely he sounds isolated. Yeah. in some fashion. But when he's doing the voiceover stuff, the verb is like. Oh yeah, it's huge. Oh yeah, it's bigger than than our first podcast episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hey, hey there, hardcore fans. <laughs> you Go back to listen to episode so Speaking one, of one, weirdo one. operas, by you the la- way. You laughed your asses off uh, just then. <laughs> that was for you, yes. one person. Todd. Thank yeah. you, Todd. Yeah. Well, so now that we're past the, the, the last song, I, I would like to say that uh, uh, one of my favorite podcasts ever, uh, um, you must remember this, the um, yeah. Karina Longworth uh, uh, movie podcast. I think the first episode of that. First is, or second, yeah. Is is about this side of this this triple record, um, and uh, it's uh, worth a listen and infinitely huh. more uh, educational and uh, factual than uh, what you've just sat through. That's why I waited till the end of this mm-hmm. to suggest it. <laughs> so, ha, 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 ha. Also, I'd like to mention, uh, also in 1980, you know, if this is to be considered uh, a bloated and not so uh, triple record, uh, The Clash's uh, Sandinista came out in the same year. Same year. And is... Uh, it features uh, about 
two percent of the number of musicians. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and is uh, much better in my uh, humble opinion. But uh, it is uh, it's fascinating. Um, I think How they, many good triple albums are there? They maybe had uh, how many? Sandinista is the one that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, uh, Joe's Garage. Yeah, Joe's Garage. How many triple uh, albums? Period. Are there? Yeah. So say, Wings Over America was a live triple album. Um, well, if we do uh, um, uh, Joe's Garage, uh, Sandinista, and this, is that a, a trilogy of... Uh, oh, a of, non-elogy. Of, of the, the, yeah. There you go. Well, the finest uh, triple albums ever released. In Bob Dylan's last Sinatra album was called Trilogy because it was not only the third of his Sinatra albums, but it was a three-disc set, so... If you want to hear a lot of Bob singing Sinatra, I'm good. And, and <laughs> shout out, shout out to uh, the World Industries 1996 uh, trilogy video. There you go. Check that one out. And also be careful when ordering this off of eBay because there are other That's collections right. you of. Get <laughs> yeah. Although you really don't because you actually get a bunch of good Frank stuff. Yeah. Well, let I let don't know if it's that. good Where or not. Where we at? Yes. Let's, let's see. Yeah. When you lived in love, like Frank has. <laughs> yes. You know. Yeah. So if Something. if you are a fan of Frank's, should you risk this? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, think I think if you if you liked the kind of stuff Frank does with orchestras, I think this yeah. is probably okay. Yeah, and here's the thing: um, don't risk the second album the second part you know because he does Goes something from by one to three yeah. i don't i, I, I he don't, does songs on blue and he does uh see does something uh <laughs> the, the the you know beatles yeah um which i, I, I don't he know. would frequently introduce as his favorite lennon and mccartney song <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes, which always tickled okay, George. But, but it, it, it was surely in jest, right? My Frank may not know yeah. the difference between <laughs> all them long-haired hippies. Yeah, they're pretty They did all have the same haircut. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, he, he does uh, He does some... I don't remember. I've, I, I sort of skipped past, yeah. I agree with Molly. I think the the first the first record and the third record on this are 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 very worthwhile. Yeah, man. What's what's to fuck with? Like, go with the 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 Frank stuff. That's he, he has tried a, and true, man. He like, has a mighty first... songbook of yeah. I, I know they're not his songs, but the stuff that he's known for from kind of classic 50s, 60s era. Um, now they're Rod Stewart's songs. I, I wish he had done. Yeah. A, I wish he had done a bunch of Bob Dylan covers. That would have been. That would have been something to hear. Yes. I think I would How about have liked some that. Nine Inch Nails covers. Yeah, well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking. You know, it's like I, I, <laughs> if Rick Rubin were around for Sinatra, that might have happened. <laughs> yeah, get get Frank alone in a room with two hundred musicians and yeah. And just jam. Get, get that raw, that raw feeling. Yeah, actually, I stripped that. I think that's the thing. Is is I think you'd get that uh, that uh, Michael Nesmith uh, uh, train a, whistle, hundred thousand dollar liquor bill. Yeah, if, if, and if that's just from that. Frank. Yeah, that's just yeah. Francis. Francis. Yeah, Francis. Francis Albert. Come on. Yeah. On this album, I'm called anybody Francis. calls me Francis, I'll kill him. Yeah. Chowda. Well, <laughs> so that is one of the um. You know, big humps into getting into Sinatra is he has a catalog of, you know, 
40 or 50 records, most mm-hmm. of which have been repackaged and compilations and live albums. And, you don't and really in my know. experience, okay, uh, going to be like, okay, here's the here's favorite where you album. Need to start. Yeah. Or this is the great, no, it, it's going to have some crap, man. Yeah. There's well, going to be some crap, in his, my opinion. Yes. His, some of it's, eh. His well, early heyday is in the time of singles. Yeah, yeah so exactly. you're, you're looking at not 45s with a, with a A side and a B side. And you know what? Like, yeah, much like live, you, I Frank, think, you know, was like Elvis. It. You know, you don't you don't listen to Elvis for albums. You listen to Elvis for singles. You listen to Frank for mm-hmm. singles. And yeah. there are plenty of compilations that put together the ten to twenty, however much time you have. Yeah, but you get so bored with those. That's yeah. the thing about being a, a Sinatra fan is like you, you buy albums or whatever, and yeah. you go on Spotify, and then you go to the most yeah. popular ones, and you're like, okay, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, it's all the ones you've yeah. heard a million times. My problem is, is I'm not old enough. It's still old people music to me. There you go. And I'm not young enough for it I to be fresh. I will say, my mom, when she learned that I was a, a Sinatra fan or even a crooner fan, I'm a, I'm a like very... my kind of core of music fandom is actually jazz yeah. and so it expands out to you know and I'm in uh, rock bands and stuff yeah. but um, when my mom found out I was a fit, she was like kind of horrified because what <laughs> she associated with Frank Sinatra's voice yeah. and his music was like being neglected and by her father in like you know yeah. like in the 50s <laughs> like he would yeah, go out yeah. like like partying and shit and I don't know that's what she associates with it does pair with really well with, with the alky yeah, yeah, absentee yeah. fatherism yeah, exactly you it know. does well, and jazz is about the only middle ground between, say, Frank Sinatra and yeah. the Grateful mm-hmm. Dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Matt, one took don't... the improvisation side of it, and one took the melodic side of uh-huh. it. But, yeah, you know. the, the, the popular, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. Matt just doesn't like it because he's a filthy commie hippie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a long old, hair. Old people music. I'll turn him in. There you go. You'll, you'll bury if those old people yet. We'll call it. the John Birch Society. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are they still around? Uh, yes. Definitely. <sighs> They've sort of morphed into the Republican Party, but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go burn your draft cards, hippies. (laughs) Well, is there any other final thoughts on on Trilogy in general or Sinatra in particular we want to address? I mean, he does have other concept albums. He has like Watertown from like. I I wondered if he had, you know, as we were talking about his heyday being in kind of singles. Yeah. Like pop hits kind of. Era, era, yeah. Um, is this one of the the only or better examples of him trying to craft an album conceptually? He has like albums that are all like s- slow, sad songs. They're like saloon after dark albums, and he has like Watertown is all about this fictional town, and he sings the stories of several people who live in this and town. When did those come out? Those are later. I think you know the the Beatles allowed him to. Mess around a bit more, but, but even those they were 60s probably seventies. Yeah. They were conceptualized okay. by someone else. Yeah. yeah, he's not. Okay. He's not the the writer of he's, almost anything he's done. He's, so. like, he's like a shredding guitar virtuoso guy, but with his voice, and so it's like the whether the material's good or bad, he's doing his thing on top. his thing on top. And if, when the material's really good, it's awesome because he's really good at his thing. But when the material's like. Isn't outright that? bad or even so-so, it's just forgettable. I wonder what he would sound like with Ingve Melmstein. Yeah. I, I, go to YouTube. I'm sure there's a mashup somewhere. Not a good one, but somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, they'd get in a fight. Yeah. There you go. 
It, it, it kind of looked like unleash the fucking fury. It looked like sure. that scene from uh, Happy Gilmore with uh, Bob Barker. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. And on that happy note, um, I guess we'll wrap it up for this episode. I'm Scott Livingston. Matthew Marr. Logan Renard. Now this one's uh, dropping May twenty first, maybe. So Molly, tell us how and when and what you're doing. Oh, yeah, so my band, Vampire Squids from Hell, and um, my stage name, which I keep um, try, trying to push um, for, for some reason and, yeah, why and not? until people are uncomfortable, and I'm going to keep going. Mall Mollusk is my stage name, and Vampire Squids from Hell is my band. Um, we actually uh, are trying to actually write music because we only have about a 40 minute set and half of them are covers right now. So, um, just cause we've been asked to play so many damn shows in the last year that we just haven't had a chance to write. So we are working really hard on your behalf listener to put together some really badass shit. And so we'll have a show in July. Um, not nailed down a time yet, or I mean a day yet. Um, and then a show in August, not nailed that down either. And then a show in September, which is going to be at the People's Building um, in Aurora. And more details on that um, maybe when next they time you, you guys need a guest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so like Sinatra, would you accept songwriter submissions from other surf songwriters? Fuck yeah. Oh, okay. Do it, do it, so do it. so spam your surf songwriters. As long songwriter. as you're okay with me um, totally taking credit and screwing into the ground. So, yeah, typical Sinatra stuff. Mm -hmm. um, feel free to submit that. Follow on Twitter or whatever. Uh, we are on Twitter. Um, we are also on Instagram and Facebook and um, Spotify and iTunes. So, you know, click like or subscribe or yay or whatever the, the buttons that you push for that invention are. And uh, until then, we will leave you with this, wondering just who this artist is. Mm -hmm.